National Catholic Register. This is Register Radio, bringing light and clarity to the news and topics that affect your life. All Hallows' Eve, better known as Halloween, tends to overshadow All Saints' Day. But on Register Radio, we won't let that happen. We want to point our listeners to heaven, not the ghoulish ways of the world. Catholic News Agency's Hannah Brockus joins us to highlight the newest saints and blessed who can motivate Catholics to live lives of love and service with an eye on their eternal end. Then we turn to all souls and remembering the dead, even those we didn't know. San Francisco Archdiocese will do so in a very special way in a Requiem Mass for the Homeless. Composer Frank LaRocca gives us the story. I'm Jeanette DeMello, Editor-in-Chief of the National Catholic Register, your host here on Register Radio. My colleagues and I at the Register have always been a bit uneasy with how many Catholics fall right into commercial celebration of Halloween. I've seen it played up very big in Catholic schools, and my kids' school included. And as Halloween approaches, we want to make sure uh, that people have some resources um, to, to maybe sidestep uh, that commercial Halloween and actually celebrate All Hallows' Eve. So there's a host of resources at ncregister.com that I invite our listeners uh, to check out. But one of the ways we do that is playing up All Saints' Day and All Souls' Day so that we don't forget about them. And that's why I have invited Hannah Brockus to give us uh, some of the newest saints as models of sanctity. She has covered the new blesseds and canonizations in Rome for several years now. Hannah is Catholic News Agency's senior Rome correspondent. She grew up in Omaha, Nebraska. She has a degree in English, and she has spent the last few years in the Eternal City. Uh, we're grateful to have you on with us today, Hannah. Welcome. Thank you so much. So, Hannah, how long have you been in Rome? I wasn't sure when I was prepping my, my notes for the show. I, I, I've been thinking about it. It's, it's got to be three, four, five years. How long has it been? Yeah, it's been, been just over five years now. Wow. Okay. So I spent a little time in Rome, three years in Rome as a student, as a graduate student, now over 20 years ago. And going to canonizations was just really one of my favorite, favorite experiences in Rome. I, I remember going, I can't remember now um, if it was the beatification or the canonization of Blessed Faust, of, of St. Faustina. I went to the canonization of, of Padre Pio and to uh, St. Jose Maria Escriba. It was, they were just amazing events. Do you have a favorite experience covering the Pope and the Vatican? Canonizations absolutely are really, really amazing. The energy of all the people who come to attend them. If you're, you know, lucky enough to be in St. Peter's Square at a canonization, I agree with you, it's beautiful. Um, other events, it's very hard to choose. Other events that I have really, really enjoyed covering in Rome and even abroad following Pope Francis have been um, when the Pope does big masses for people um, on his trips abroad in Japan and Thailand were two highlights for me. Getting to meet the people who were there, especially hearing their stories, um, even the sacrifices they made to be there, to be close to the Pope, to see him is really, really moving. Um, and, and that just never gets old. 
It never does. And yeah, I really do remember hearing the stories of the people who were around me. Definitely. I wasn't covering events then. I was just a student and I was going to them myself. But everybody has a story as to why they're there at these canonizations or big events. So I, I couldn't agree with you more. And you, you do a great job, I think, of capturing those moments uh, in your work because you're, you're just constantly following um, the popes, Pope Francis. So uh, one recent uh, canonization recently announced was that of Blessed Charles Foucault. Is that how you say his name? Foucault? I'm not going to say it well either because okay, it's French. Okay, neither of us are French. <laughs> I think it's closer to um, Charles de Foucault. Difficult. There you go. Well, Blessed Charles is um, is known by some as uh, uh, Brother Charles, right? And he is known for a prayer of abandonment. Uh, but obviously, you've been covering um, his his movement uh, in the path of sainthood. Uh, where do the things Where do things stand now? Right. Well, um, Pope Francis declared now. Um, you know, a year and a half ago, it was in May 2020, that a second miracle through his intercession um, had been shown to have taken place. It was approved by Pope Francis, and it meant that now this blessed can be canonized a saint. But obviously, we were in the throes then, especially of, of the coronavirus, and, um, and, and you know, no date was announced then for the canonization. The following year, um, in May of this year, 2021, the cardinals were gathered at the Vatican for a, a special meeting called a consistory, and the cardinals uh, gave their approval also for the canonization to go forward. Um, so now we're just waiting for the date to be announced. I spoke to the postulator recently, so someone who helps guide the process of canonization in Rome. And he said that, you know, the Vatican, Pope Francis, everyone, they really want to have this canonization, but recognizing what a big event it is, usually thousands of people come to mm -hmm. Rome for these events, you know, they want to do their best to make sure that that can happen, that people can travel. Um, so I think they're hoping for the spring, if the situation continues to improve, like it seems to be doing. And what uh, what can you tell us of Blessed Charles? What what should we emulate in his life? Blessed Charles had a pretty extraordinary life. Um, he started out as uh, as a soldier in France. Um, as a soldier, he went to Algeria and to Morocco, and there he met Muslims. At the time, he, he had been raised Catholic, but he really had lost his faith in kind of his youth and in his, um, as a young man. So he had lost his Catholic faith, but encountering the strong faith of Muslims and their strong belief in God made him start questioning the existence of God and questioning whether his, his denial of that existence was, was right. And he started kind of saying his own prayer to God, asking him, you know, I don't know if you're there, but make yourself known to me, you know, may, help me believe in you if you exist. And he had this amazing conversion that basically convinced him that he needed to be like Jesus. He needed to walk in his footsteps. Of course, it's a pretty long story about, you know, he went to the Holy Land for a while. Um, he traveled around, but he eventually ended up back among Muslim people, especially a group of um, an ethnic minority, minority of Muslims called Tawrek in 
Algeria um, he ended up living in the desert with them for many years serving and helping them to know the love of Jesus through his just his example serving them Wow, what a beautiful story of just seeking and then serving, right? I mean, just the way God pulls us, uh, even when we are not realizing that we are seeking Him. It sounds like that's what the story of uh, Blessed Charles really tells me. It, that's how it speaks to me, is just a story of seeking and then serving. It's it's quite beautiful. I wanted to turn to a, a story uh, that you wrote uh, recently um, it's a saint I had never heard of, and I, I, I expect that many people outside of Italy wouldn't know of Sandra Sabatini. Uh, she is now uh, blessed and one of the church's newest blessed. She's only 22 years old. What is uh, Blessed Sandra's story? That's right. She was beatified just last weekend um, in Italy, and she is really interesting as well because she grew up, she was um, you know, in the late 1970s and 1980s. So she's a relatively recent, uh, recently walked to this earth. Right. And yeah. And um, her story is just that she grew up in a Catholic family and showed a great piety from a young age, just a love for the Lord, prayer. Um, she would even go to the the chapel as as a really young girl to pray in adoration. Um, But as she grew up, she just discovered this, what she felt was her vocation, which was to serve um, people with disabilities, to serve the poor, um, to love them, to give of herself to them. And so even though she was still a very young woman uh, when she died, she was actually killed in a very tragic accident. She was getting out of a car and was hit by another car um, and and very badly hurt and spent um, three days in a coma before she died in 1984. Um, but before that time, she just, you know, besides being a regular, a regular young woman, um, a student, she was in medical school, she spent her spare time helping other people through a community that she belonged to called the John the 23rd Community um, in in her community where, where people were. She volunteered her time and um, helped people, even um, in some situations, drug addicts. And another unique Thing about her that is often pointed out is that she was in um, a serious dating relationship at the time that she was killed. Obviously, they were both living, you know, chastely that relationship. But she wrote in her diary about how she saw that relationship being very integrated with her other vocation to help other people, and she really lived this this I think integration as well of her person. You can see it in the writings that she. Um, left in her personal diary, but just about living this integration of receiving the love of Jesus and then sharing that love and how then that love went out from her both to her boyfriend, to her family, to those people in the community that she was helping. What a beautiful story of a young a young person, like again, 22 years old, who lived uh, in, in the 1980s um, and uh, who, who we can really identify with um, in this day and age, a beautiful saint, uh, Blessed 
Sandra Sabatini, and, and we can pray for her intercession. She's a blessed now, and, and it's through those miracles that uh, she progresses on the path, but it also helps us uh, to imitate and lo- imitate her and love Jesus better. Um, we have just a minute left, and there's an important uh, new venerable we should mention, um, Pope John Paul I. Now, this is the pontiff who died only 33 days after he became Pope in 1978, and of course, after he died, Pope John Paul II was elected. What do you know of his um, if, of his movement uh, along in the cause? Well, Pope Francis has just approved a miracle um, uh, that was received through his intercession back in 2011. So now he will be beatified, and that will likely take place again next spring. It will happen at the Vatican because he was a pope, and so Pope Francis will likely perform the, the Mass, the ceremony of beatification. Hannah, it's been uh, wonderful to speak with you. I'm, I'm grateful for your time and, uh, and for your beat, for, for the coverage of the saints and, and Pope Francis. Thanks very much. Thanks, Jeanette. It's a pleasure. When we come back, composer Frank LaRocca describes his Requiem Mass for the Homeless as music for the soul. This is Register Radio on EWTN. Stay tuned for more. Archbishop Cordelione talks about the National Catholic Register. The Register's content is so critically important in the society we're living in now. There's an absence of the practice of religion in public life. So all the more important is it for people to be reading the Register so that they can acquire more understanding of our Catholic faith. I've appreciated the catechetical benefits of the content of the Register. It presents very clear Catholic teaching in a way that is easily digestible. To get six free issues, order online at ncregister.com forward slash radio or call 800-421-3230 and mention code radio. That's ncregister.com forward slash radio or 800-421-3230 and mention code radio. Call or click today. The National Catholic Register. Read faithfully. Let's return to Register Radio on EWTN. Welcome back. I'm Jeanette DeMello, Editor-in-Chief of the National Catholic Register and your host here on Register Radio. More than 100,000 unsheltered homeless people live in California. That's slightly more than 50% of the country's total unsheltered population. It's a huge number of homeless people. Hundreds of them die on the streets every year. The Archdiocese of San Francisco's Catholic Charities helps to serve uh, this homeless population, but Archbishop Salvatore Cordiglione wanted to do more for them. He opened a year of the homeless last January to raise awareness, donations, and to pray. And in November, at his annual Memorial Mass, a Memorial Mass that was started in 2018, there will be a new composition, musical composition, uh, to lift up those who have died uh, homeless uh, with the worship of the Mass. And the composer of this new Requiem Mass is Frank LaRocca. Frank is the composer in residence at the Benedict XVI Institute for Sacred Music and Divine Worship there in San Francisco. He's also a composer of the project 
uh, Mass for the Americas, and that aired on EWTN uh, television in 2019. It was uh, recorded at the Basilica of the National Shrine of the Immaculate Conception in Washington, D.C., and we covered it here also on Register Radio. Frank, it is so good to have you uh, on Register Radio today. Welcome. Well, thank you for having me, Jeanette. It's good to be here. I should also mention you were you wrote a, a very nice um, op-ed or, or commentary for the Register on this experience of writing um, this Requiem Mass. It's called Music for the Soul, Composing for the Human Dignity of the Homeless. So, Frank, how did you come to write this musical composition, uh, a Requiem Mass? And I should just say a Requiem Mass is a Mass um, said uh, for the dead. Usually it's in a funeral, but this obviously is a memorial. How did you come to write this? I understand Pope Francis was part of the inspiration. Well, the most direct inspiration uh, was Archbishop Cordleone. Uh, in my capacity as the composer in residence, with the Benedict XVI Institute for Sacred Music um, and Liturgy. Uh, my my uh, role is to create liturgical music for projects that um, are near and dear to the heart of the Archbishop as he carries out his pastoral ministry. Mass of the Americas, for example, was a gift to the Spanish-speaking Catholics of the San Francisco Archdiocese, um, in which he asked me to use quotations from certain popular devotional hymns, very well known um, to the Mexican people in San Francisco. And the Requiem for the Homeless Dead came out of his desire to do something to focus attention on all during All Souls Week um, on the great tragedy that takes place on the streets of San Francisco year in and year out, more than commitments to find shelter for these people, more than commitments to find food for these people, other kinds of physical ministrations um, that, of course, they need um, urgently, but to reach into the other realm of their lives, into the realm of their souls, mm-hmm. and to uh, compose music for the requiem. It will be a Mass, but it, yes, it's not a funeral Mass. Um, to write music for this Mass that will acknowledge um, the homeless dead with an eye towards, in my own mind, um, making people aware of something they may not often think of when they see them uh, destitute and uh, miserable on the streets, which is that their souls are every bit as grand, noble, and precious in the eyes of God as any king, and therefore... They deserve a memorial fitting for such a, by our standards, elevated personage. Absolutely, absolutely. And that's such a beautiful point that your op-ed makes at ncregister.com. 
uh, it's, it, it really does um, make you stop and think. And I think that's part of what Archbishop Corleone wants to do. And, and Pope Francis, as you wrote about, um, called us all to do this um, when he heard of a of a Nigerian immigrant uh, named Edwin who froze to death alone outside of St. Peter Square, and he called uh, the Pope called the world to pray for for yeah. Ed, Edwin. Right, right. And that's a right. beautiful story. Yeah, yeah, it's he, a beautiful the, story. The Pope said that he, that Edwin was abandoned uh, by us as well. Speaking of uh, the people of the Vatican. And Pope Francis then called upon the world to to pray for Edwin, and this is an extension of that same uh, impulse and pastoral understanding um, that Archbishop Cordelione has applied uh, throughout his tenure in San Francisco. Yes, and I, so I was thinking of this as I was preparing to talk to you, and I I loved the Mass of America as I I spoke to uh, Archbishop Corleone here on this show about that Mass, and it was just beautiful. We promoted it heavily because we love sacred music at, at ncregister.com. And, um, and I was thinking about how you did incorporate uh, parts of um, the the culture, the Mexican culture, and, and um, as you mentioned, quotes and, and things like that that were pulled into the music. How do you identify with the homeless as you write uh, a musical work like this one? What what was the process of kind of bringing that experience to the forefront as you wrote uh, the composition that will be used for this Mass? Sure. Well, you know, culture is something that develops organically out of the shared life of generations and generations and generations of people uh, living together um, in, in the same place. Um, there's usually ties of uh, family, religion, and other things uh, that bind people together into a cohesive culture. You can't really say in the case of homeless people that there's a process like that at mm-hmm. work. Um, what they share is misfortune. What they share is abandonment. What they share, all the things that they have in common are not things that build up, but things that tear down the human person. And so there really wasn't anything comparable in the way of a so-called culture to, to tap into, musically speaking, um, for the homeless population. So what I had did instead in this was to give them what I thought um, they, as a group, all share, which is a desire to be heard, a desire to be for for it to be known in a in a deep way, uh, the kind of um, suffering and misery that they endure day in and day out. There is a text from the Book so, of Lamentations uh, written by the prophet Jeremiah after the destruction of Jerusalem in 586 BC, and at that time there were people living on the streets, homeless and bereft. And what he wrote in part is, Oh, all you who pass by on the street, 
look and see if there is any misery, misery that has befallen me. I thought this was a very applicable verse towards giving voice to what I believe if they could stand up in front of us at this mass, uh, many of the homeless people would mm-hmm. would want to say. And so I set it to music as a post-communion meditation. Uh, I've done so in, in a way that is, um, uh, I think, powerful, uh, pleading, insistent. Um, and so this, in, instead of trying to draw from a homeless culture which really doesn't exist except in a negative sense, um, I drew upon this uh, in a positive way as the moment in the whole event where the homeless themselves are given a voice through the music. That's wonderful. And I I look forward, uh, Frank, to hearing this. Um, And of course, I'm not in San Francisco. So how does one who cannot attend the Mass um, uh, enter into the prayer with you? There will be a live stream of the Mass that will Mm -hmm. be available through the website of the Archdiocese San Francisco. Um, I, I, I don't know what the URL is, and even if I did, it would contain uh, way too many uh, letters uh, for people to to quickly jot down. Um, But if they were to uh, Google uh, Benedict 16 Institute, that would get them to an array of resources and links, one of which I'm sure prominently featured will be... um, the link to the uh, live stream of the event. Absolutely, and they can also go to our website, uh, ncregister.com, and there they will find uh, your uh, op-ed on the Requiem Mass if they searched uh, your name, Frank LaRocca, or uh, Uh Requiem Mass for the Homeless. They will get to read about this and, and can also link to uh we will link to uh the celebration of the mass there the link so frank thank you so much um for just pouring your own art into this work um and and your own soul into it because it will help uh lift up very many people i appreciate it greatly well i certainly hope so thank you so much Jeanette. Remember, for more news, analysis, and commentary, to check out the National Catholic Register online at ncregister.com. Thanks for joining us here on Register Radio. And until next week, may God bless you. 